and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, two weeks in a row, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? We're on a new streak, dude. This is unbelievable. It's, uh, it's a Saturday morning here at Casa Eternal Dirtles. Casa Eternal Dirtles. You know, I think this is the earliest we've ever recorded, and it's not even all that early. I, I don't think we've ever recorded past midnight, so this may actually be the earliest we've ever recorded. Yeah, I think we should get on that like 3 a.m. recording time. You yeah. know, that's when all of your best ideas come out. Yeah, do that grind grind life, that hustle life. Yeah, that's you my... know, nothing toxic about it. No. Yeah. Rise and grind magic podcast. Rise and grind. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> It's new. You ha- have your coffee with Eternal Dirtles. Yeah, man. I got my my uh brando coffee mug here nice i gotta get a see i I want a brando coffee mug can we get those on the patreon (laughs) i almost didn't think to uh wear it but uh we have we have merch (laughs) yeah we we, we do have merch we do have merch usually usually it's afternoon wear though we don't have any eternal journals pajamas yet yeah no i'm working on that so on the topic of uh you know what's been going on with me because you know that's the best segue ever yeah speaking (laughs) Uh, of me so i'm i'm working you know doing some side work for this printing company and uh, one of the guys there works the uh the screen printing press and he mm-hmm. offered to make me a zip up with uh the eternal dirtles logo on it so i'm like oh, pretty psyched about that bro and if i start working for them maybe that's something that we could offer is like a, a custom made product eventually i'll have like my my classic adidas with like eternal dirtles on the back and maybe like on the side or something dude i just need like a, a thing with like entreat the angels like wrapping around my shoulders and like a terminus crossbody you know <laughs> like, yeah, like like a bad tattoo <laughs> Like just like like a just, bad tattoo of like an angel or something, right? Terminus and treat the <laughs> angels coming around my shoulders. That's all I need. We talk yeah, about you, you know. having uh being the angels guy, but like I I have an Icarus on my <laughs> You, you actually have, yeah, you actually have an Icarus. Speaking of tattoos, that was what first got me into altering cards. I take blood thinners every day for a blood condition <laughs> I've had since I was a kid. And so I've always been uh, a bit cautious about wanting a tattoo or about getting a tattoo. Oh, yes. But I've always wanted like, you know, X number of tattoos. I would be all tatted up if I could be. Uh, I, I you know, awesome. I, I, I just ran out of steam at some point. I got this whole arm done. This was like the first one. And then like, I could do this. But I was like, eh, I'm not trying to be cool yeah. anymore. So I've got like, this isn't finished. And I'm just kind of like, we're done here. We're good. Dude, Moving I'm, on. I'm ta- robots, though. I'm ta- I got robots ta- and ray guns. <laughs> See, we could have, like, we got to, we got to get, like, you know, I, I got to get, like, so, like a, you know, just a terminus down my arm or something. I, I've always wanted to get tattoos, but instead, I I found the way that I could fill that, that void, that, that craving hunger was through altars. And then it just so happened that at the time, it was back when, you know, foils were like 1,200,000 times the price of a regular card. Yeah. And so it was actually more affordable to alter cards. Whereas now it's like, you know, it's all, it's all a wash because yeah. all the foils cost the same thing but it was originally because i couldn't get tats so there you go if anybody wants inspiration about wow. uh when to alter your deck it's uh when you can't do something else it's an alternative <laughs> anyway speaking um, of tattoos let's talk about merchant scroll yeah well let, yeah let's talk about merchant scroll phil you've been playing merchant scroll and miracles what's that all about is this the new is this the new expressive iteration so let me tell you guys where i've been at okay because today we're going to talk about the legacy tier list that the epic storm generated and put up uh this past week Yep. And miracles ain't even on the on the tier list. It's not even it's not even in the D tier. It didn't even make it into the D tier. I just got Dikembe Mutombo over here. All right, so let me uh, let me fill you guys in on where my thought process is based on uh, ABC theory that we have talked about a bunch. Yeah, a couple of weeks beforehand, and you link, can all of this. Above. What's cool about this is that it's all documented on '90s MTG. So if you actually want to see games with this shit playing out, you actually can. For uh, a while, I was playing Dream Cash. 
in my three drop slot. And Dreamcast is a, a three mana sorcery brainstorm with the upside that you can also put the cards on the bottom instead of the top if you want to. You can't split it. You got to put both on top or both on bottom. So it's a sorcery speed brainstorm and it's fairly anemic, but it's a three drop for counterbalance. And I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm still on four counterbalance because I can't let things go and I need a good three drop. And I wanted a proactive three drop. I was trying things like force negation, but that's reactive. Same thing with mystical dispute. They only were good in certain matchups as opposed to like being good with what your deck wanted. And so I was like, let me just try these off the wall things because none of this is working for me. So we'll, we'll try stuff. Yeah, so I tried Dreamcash. Yeah, let's get weird. Now, I will say if Dreamcash was an instant, it I would slam dunk it. I would slam dunk it forever tomorrow. But because it's a sorcery, it's still pretty anemic. But what I learned from weeks of testing, where I actually did really well, was that it greased the wheels really, really well in my Miracles list with four Triumph in the main. And okay. the reason for that is because it, it took the pressure off of Brainstorm, off of literal Brainstorm. So between four Brainstorm, four Dreamcash, and three Jace the Mind Sculpt, there was an 11 Brainstorm effects in my deck. So I pretty much always knew the top of my deck, and I was never stuck with a Stranded Miracle in my hand because I could always put it back on top of my deck. I was like, okay, this is actually really good. I, I'm not relying on Brainstorm to both fix my hand to like line up the correct half of my deck against certain matchups and also enable my miracles because in most blue cantrip shells brainstorm is just like fixing your hand and like helping you line things up that way it's like if you have multiple white cards in your deck and those de cards don't have any text against a certain matchup you can trade them for blue cards and now all of a sudden your deck is live right but miracles is a different animal because brainstorm also needs to set up your miracles it's also an enabler and so it it kind of moved me into a new space of how i was looking at abc without sensei's divining top for a long time i was like oh okay yeah i'm on terminus therefore i want mystic sanctuary therefore i want counterbalance and then there are other times where i'm like okay i'm going to focus on being a counterbalance list so want counterbalance therefore i want mystic sanctuary therefore i want thwart and i'm like okay here's here are my structures and each one of them is solid given that i have the tools to make the the actual plan a sufficient yeah. right but part of that if for a terminus i need to be able to put stuff back on top for counterbalance i need to put stuff back on top and then once i moved into four triumphs in the main i was like okay now i really need to do that because you don't always have access to uh two mana up when you yeah. want to slam a threat different from when you know terminus for the most part if you can fire it off for a miracle you're always doing it because you can always rebuy it with mystic sanctuary and cleaning the board is always something you're interested in doing. Yeah. Whereas with Triumph, that's not always the case. You don't always want Tarmogoyf on the table. Sometimes you do, but sometimes you're not in a position to, to pivot to put a Tarmogoyf. So you have to draw it so you can deploy your other things and now it's stuck in your hand. And so what I found was Brainstorm is unique in Miracles in that it can slot into the AVC theory where I don't think it can in other decks. There's no other deck where you're like, oh yeah, I want Minsk and Boo, therefore I want Brainstorm. You know, like the top of the deck is not relevant for your deck to function the way that it is for miracles because the only the deck miracles i can think of that that cares that much about it as well is is the new like show and tell decks that are playing vesuvian dr drifter right and that's and that's a case where like that zone matters and so this sort of like uh, you know has opened my eyes a little bit more it's like expanded my horizons to, to a degree like even though we we taught this theory of abc it's like you know we still learn for a long time in areas that i struggled i always felt like brainstorm was overheated like there was too much pressure on brainstorm to do too much and so i'd constantly be mystic sanctuary for brainstorm because they just needed more brainstorms and then when i tried dreamcash and i was like oh i actually just need eight brainstorms i actually just want more of this effect when i tried dreamcash i was like okay but then i when it was it was three drop for counterbalance which i enjoyed but it's still slow three mana sorcery brainstorm that doesn't affect the board is still slow even though it greased the wheels so i was like what other things can i do so i dipped into merchant scroll this past week for merchant scroll obviously because it's you can find brainstorms and but then you can also get tutor packages like it now means that i have thwart plus however many mystics merchant scrolls i have so i can find i can really lock in the hooks i get that this is a dedicated deck that only i play that you guys are getting yeah. a full rundown on that nobody you're never gonna run into this nobody's ever gonna sit down across the table there's two, there's exactly two or me. three guys in in the discord you can join the discord if you're a 
you're a miracles player and, and and join in on on that information you know join the discord anyways we, we talk about magic yeah, join the discord anyways join it anyways so what i did was i swapped for dream cash for a force of negation an archmage's charm to test and then two merchant scroll so merchant scroll primarily is there to be additional brainstorms but it also means that in the events in the times where i need counterbalance plus three drop i'll have access to searching up three drops and then the three the two three drops do different things in different matchups so they're both counter spells but one is for fast matchups one is for grindy matchups yeah. so you can just merchant scroll show your opponent a force of will and if they can't beat a force of will then the game slows down quick segue uh phil about all of this while you're doing all these changes and whatnot you're doing them on on moxfield.com am i wrong oh no they are all on moxfield yeah I'm, well I'm, I'm, uh, great news I, about I, moxfield.com we are once again sponsored by uh moxfield.com uh one of the greatest deck building websites of all time if not the best greatest deck building website of isn't all it time. the only deck building website yeah uh, sure yeah harry and john uh, uh a couple months ago they paused all uh all sponsorships because they were going like full-time into into just making moxfield quitting their jobs and like making that a thing and now they're at a point where they've started up sponsorships again which is amazing because they tapped us to do to do sponsorships for for it and it's it's literally the place we go to build decks i'm super proud that uh uh to be be sponsored by them but on top of that i'm really proud of my friends for uh making making this work and and like going out on their own and uh you know making a whole business model out of making decks for magic you know and i'm happy that it spiked so fast the trajectory of like what when i knew nothing about moxfield to now it's the only thing that i use yeah. was like very steep it's ubiquitous now like a, a, everyone you talk to has has like oh yeah my moxfield account here's everything you know like it's mm -hmm. almost like your magic business card you know yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah so yeah. they're back we're back on on board with them they're great and yeah go check it out yeah check out moxfield uh, so continuing on talking about uh, your your many tiered miracles list. Yeah. So essentially, what I realized was when I moved over to Merchant Scroll, I was like, okay, well, Merchant Scroll can find brainstorm, but then I can also find other answers or threats based on a given matchup, particularly out of the board. Like I was able to trim hydroblasts because I can tutor for them now uh, in matchups where you want a hydroblast. More specifically, I was like, okay, well, if I'm paying three mana for a brainstorm, then that's kind of the same as paying two mana for a merchant scroll with a brainstorm up front because an instant speed brainstorm with a counter bounce is way better than a sorcery speed brainstorm where you have to just like lock out one part of the curve for a turn. Yeah. So essentially the way that it reconfigured how I thought about the theory with, with this particular archetype, I was like, well, I want counterbalance. Therefore, I want brainstorm. Therefore, I want merchant scroll and so like that sort of like pieced it together and then merchant scroll has like the addendums of like that's where you reach into thwart and you reach into like other instant blue instants to like fill out the package but it's a it's a it's a light package i only played two copies but it was really good the whole time that i played it it did exactly what i wanted to do where it was getting the more brainstorms like you look at a map between the number of brainstorms that you cast every match and the ones where you cast more brainstorms are the ones where you win more right like yeah that's probably I mean, that's, a that is that is like the magic gathering in a nutshell like, actually, magic right? gathering. like just have have what you need more often the, the the notion also of getting multiple free counter spells out of your deck between force of will force of negation and thwart means that like you can proactively counter something and in the times where you have multiple mystic sanctuaries on the table being able to tutor for the thwart shows your opponent either they can't move or if they do you're just going to get a bunch of mystical tutors back. The the tech that I've always liked about Thwart is that it never really mattered if you countered their spell because you picked up mystical tutors. And that's really what mattered. Mm -hmm. Like the damage is already done before we're yeah. done fighting over the stack, you know? Yeah, in an so attrition game, like, you're you're just running over people. Once you get to that point, anytime I merchant scrolled for a Thwart, the hooks were locked in. Like I was like, this game's over. You know, we yeah. could be playing for a while, but the game's over. It, it sort of opened my my eyes to like repositioning of certain cards on, on my theory and my deck. And so it's, it's just an example of like, even somebody who's been in the shit forever like i've been thinking through this theory on this particular archetype for what since 20 since since since, since miracles came out right 
Since miracles existed, yeah, since Innistrad, yeah. whenever that was, 2016, whatever. So 2012, my friend. 2012. 2012. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking of when Top Got Banned. Yeah, 2012. Over a decade, I've been thinking about like this exact theory since miracles came out till now. E even though it went through a banning, the only, only now am I actually thinking, oh, I should actually be visualizing Brainstorm as part of this structure. Yeah. Whereas I never did before because you never needed to. You had Top, you had a, you know, you were trying to figure, and then everyone's like always trying to figure out other tools. And I was like, what if we just had eight Brainstorms and it like eased up? Up and now it's like yeah it's a soft lock the whole time with counterbalance instead of a hard lock like it is with top but like it's way better than it, it's way closer than it was i don't think miracles is s tier but i no. do think it deserves to be on the tier list on the tier list i i agree but before we move to the tier list i want to ask you uh, one simple question phil i'm a days mage you know that i've yeah. been casting days since since nemesis that was my steez we have a rule there's a saying us days mages have uh which is never pay for days how do you feel about that statement for thwart never what do you mean never pay for it you you sh um, you should never pay mana for this spell i have paid mana for it but i imagine it's in the similar times when somebody has decided to pay mana for days it's very rare it's very rare but i have done it if i have to if cast days you should always pay mana to stop your opponent from from casting days <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean like if i'm, if, I, I, if, if, I'm if i'm sitting there on if i'm sitting there on four lands and i i don't fear days right i'm not playing against the days deck but i don't have any sanctuaries on the table and we haven't bridged through the late game yet i'll yeah. pay for mana you know ultimately the the, the loop is to at your second or third Misty Sanctuary picks up the thwart, so you can always keep the the chain going. But if I, I don't want to set myself back to the Stone Age in those positions, but yeah. it's rare that that comes up because it's a one of. And if you have it, you're probably if if you're in the in, in the seat where you have both the thwart and four open mana and nothing else going on on the table, that means that you've probably terminus at some point prior to this yeah. event happening. And you need. I mean, that presence. if if, if yeah. I spend four mana to to counter your spell, I'm probably so far ahead that the game's over already. You know, we can scoop that up. But like, fair enough. If, if for the most part, it's like. I'm never paying mana for it because yeah. I actively want to pick up sanctuaries. Like I, on average, I'm picking up two mystic sanctuaries every time. For sure. Yeah, I think the important part there uh, in the never pay for days is, is never pay to cast days is what I meant. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to people to think it. I'm saying just let people daze you even if you have open mana. Yeah, never pay for it. <laughs> Never pay for days. At that, at that let point, it, let always spell me counter. So, so in, in other words, always tap out. Just always, yeah, just always constantly tap out. Tap yeah. out. That's so I, I also out. stand by that. Always tap out. So yeah, let's talk about this tier list. Uh, the Epic Storm, which we were often spot, our all of our old school and pre modern content is often sponsored by. <laughs> We, we we should say that the, this is the epicstorm.com that made yes. uh that made a tier list for the legacy format. Uh shout out to was, Alex M McKinley here. This was released on May 12th, so it's a very recent list. It is when you're listening to this, it's May 22nd. So May 12th was 10 days ago for you all. And uh let's it's get May, into it. Yeah, it's May 22nd. That's right. And we're and we're we're recording on May 20th. So anything could happen in two days, right? Well, uh, we got some challenges, but I don't think anything's gonna shift from this list, except maybe no. miracles actually, you know, finally get some respect. Finally being on the board. Uh, so let's talk about the tier, the tiers here. S tier, there are no decks in S tier, which uh, I I appreciate and I sort of agree with. A tier, eight cast, Cephalid Breakfast, Jeskai Control, Reanimator. B tier is Death and Taxes, Doomsday, Elves, Blue Zenith, Initiative, Painter, Blue Red Delver, and Sneak and Show. C tier is Death Shadow, Green White Depths, Hammer Time, Maverick, Moon, Moon Stompy, uh, Oops All Spells, The Epic Gamble, The Epic Storm. Uh, the D tier is Ad Nauseum Tendrils, Belcher, Black, 
Saga Storm, uh, Cloud Post, Dredge, Esper Vile, Goblins, Hogak, and Lambs. So let's talk quickly about the methodology. The S tier is the, the dominant deck that's always going to show up in the top eight. Yep. The A tiers are consistently in the top eight of challenges. They, they're not necessarily going to win it every time, but they're likeliest to show up. The B tier strategies are ones that will make it into the upper echelons of an event, but maybe not the top eight. So uh, Alex here wrote strategies that will not make challenge top eights due to either low power or lower play rate, but still a solid deck. And then C tier are often specialist decks. So if they show up, it's because the specialist is usually the one piloting them. And then the D tier archetypes are the ones that are in the format that you're you're potentially going to run into, but they're underpowered and are unlikely to actually see any tournament success. I think a good example of like a C tier list is Tom Ross playing Infect. Yeah, I mean, they they themselves, That's... this is the Epic Storm and the Epic Storm tier list put the Epic Storm in C tier. Yeah, you know? exactly. So yeah, that, that, that's an example. example. Like... If you see Bryant Cook across from you, then it becomes that, that C tier list is dangerous. Yeah, it's also that like the most of the people who are dedicated <laughs> to the evolutions of those kinds of decks that are like very nuanced and need very specific cyborg <laughs> strategies against a very specific metagame. Yeah. So it's not broad strokes, you know, those are usually going to be piloted by specialists because you have to be dedicated to those kinds of shells. But as, as we, we jump in there, there is one thing that um, chat through real quick is that there are some archetypes in here that don't have standard options. Like when I look at just guy control, my mind branches into like three to five lists. Yeah, like, I, it, I I was like, is that just miracles? Like when I see Cephalid Breakfast, it also like I branch into two two different branches. Like I know that there are Stoneforge breakfast decks and then there are baleful Strix breakfast decks there's there's some variation in like the combo stuff is all the same but the additional shell is different and they're going to be better situated against different matchups like if you're on baleful Strix versus stoneforge mystic you're going to be better against delver decks in in, in breakfast because you'll have a little bit more of a speed bump on your way to getting to the through development to your combo so like that might change numbers based on a metagame there, there there's nothing referenced between variations between those lists grain of salt here if we are if, we're, if we just talk about different styles of decks within the archetype but those archetypes are a little bit more far-reaching for the most part you have you have two versions of a cast you have painter a cast and regular psi master thought first a cast both are legitimate one yeah. a i think before we even get into everything right what's your biggest takeaway here look like what's the thing that you disagree with the most i should say here i mean you know, minus with? minus miracles being on the list like what uh what what in this tier list do you kind of disagree with the most when it says painter i assume they mean red painter yeah i know that there's red painter and blue painter blue painter is just an extension of eight cast yeah all of those are urza saga decks you could have removed a bunch of decks and just put urza saga a tier yeah you know like in, in my mind there's a bunch of decks that are that exist solely because solely on the power level of urza saga and well that, that would put moon stomping in a weird spot because that's a c tier well, I, list I, I mean like i mean like they they these top lists if they didn't have urza saga they bumped down multiple tiers yeah like urza saga's power is worth x number of tiers by itself yeah. and so i personally think that red painter should also be up. I think that the Urza Saga decks are the most powerful decks in the format because all of their all of their cannons are so contained that they really have a lot of flexibility. You know, I think that I get that they're, they're, they stay confined to one color because they want Ancient Tomb and Urza Saga and that's a lot of colorless lands. But the fact that they have like naturally built in threats through counter magic plus tutors for answers to combat opposing decks. And then one deck is an eight force of will deck. Another deck is a seven red blast deck. So depending on the meta, they're going to they're gonna change. I, I would put Painter in eight cast up higher but i would do that only because i think urza saga is such a dominant card against so many decks the way that i try to think about how one would combat them you have to combat them at urza saga first you know so like if you if you don't have the tools to beat urza saga 
it doesn't matter what's around it. It's going to beat you anyway. It's similar to like, like old Stompy decks before we had prismatic ending and, you know, additional and besage you and like additional ways to deal with chalice. Yeah. It's like, if you didn't have ways to beat chalice, you would just be dead to the turn one chalice. Yep. You know, and it feels very similar to me in that vein where it's like at that time, chalice decks were, you know, in a tier or whatever. Right. But they were really on the a tier because there weren't really very good main deckable answers to chalice and it would just cold a bunch of decks. The rest of the stuff around it didn't matter. Yep. But it's like, if you couldn't beat chalice, that then you were dead. That was good enough to like win just a good chunk of matches. And so I think that it's it's in a similar space, except Urza Saga is just better. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think my biggest disagree here is is Blue Red Delver not being A tier. Like, I, I, I truly think that it still is A tier. I don't think it's overpowered. I don't think it's like S tier. I don't think we need bannings. But I, I definitely don't think that it's a, a B tier deck list. I think what's in Alex's head here is that that deck is so ubiquitously played that it hits the top eight that constantly just just through sheer numbers i also think that it's it's possible that it's it's going through its post-ban dip like it always does where the, the fall of the roman empire yeah it, it, where it's figuring itself out still there are some people that were playing like moving into green for like tarmogoyf and minskinboo and then there were other people that were moving into like more aggressive you know essentially like a blue red burn deck just throwing now, more velocity into the deck yeah and, and, and now the, like there was times where people where we were on like the predict shell and we wanted to go longer still and now people People are experimenting with invasion of Tarkir and fairy uh, sprite dragon. Yeah, to wild. just like max out on dragons, and now you're sort of like this blue red aggressive dragons deck. Blue red like, dragons, man. Which was showing up relatively well, and people are like, oh yeah, because you have the chain lightning trick with your own battle because you control the battle, so you can chain lightning target the battle which you control, so you can then pay two more red to chain something else. So it's a three mana way to like both get a battle and kill something. And it's like people people are getting cute, right? Like they're they're yeah. they're trying new things. And I think as as long as we're in that sort of experimental space, when you play those of cards you have to change how you navigate different matchups with that style of deck right are you a more aggressive delver or are you a more controlling delver that's going to dictate how you decide which role you are in given circumstances similar to jeskai control there's a couple of varieties of blue red delver that exist right now it's like are you dragon blue red or are you burn blue red are you control blue red you know like those slots that make up the difference of like if you overcome the first threat plus days if you get any part of through development that's the next Part of the deck that you have to face when delver figures itself out right when there is a new stock delver that everybody's like this is the best let's tune this let's refine to make sure we can beat the metagame no doubt it's going to hop back up a tier right fair enough i think that's that's a fine that's a fine uh, i'll concede my point to you, uh, I, you know? I i think i i think you and i were making the same point i was just yeah. helping you i was just helping yeah, detail yeah. it a little bit more. I, I i think i think it's fair to say that delver could could be having its its rebuilding year right like it's it's going to be tier tier one again or tier, a tier again, but maybe right now it's it's a minus tier. You know, there's yeah. a tier in between these two things, right? Let, let's talk quick about Reanimator. I just want to say to all the Reanimator players out there, Atraxa is this new shiny toy. Man, it's this new, wonderful, shiny toy, and y'all want to play it, and you keep casting it, and it opens itself up to so... I can't tell you how many games against Reanimator I 100% should have lost, but I, I won because Dress Down had text. At no okay. point, if you cast a reanimation spell and I say resolves, but I have a Dress Down in play... Then you slam a dress down, yeah. Come on, Attracts is good. Don't get me wrong; it's a good card. It'll it'll be a fatty in in Legacy for a very long time. It does a lot of different things that a lot of decks want. You should still be Gristle Branding. Just fucking get them dead if you're reanimating. If you're playing, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like if you're not casting Grizzle Brand first, unless like you, you know, you happen to have a tracks in your hand and that's the easiest target, like Grizzle Brand's the, still the best card to be reanimating. Look, man, I get, I get it, I get it. You've been you've been doing Grizzle Brand since boring. 2012. <laughs> and at no point during any of that time have you ever felt anything because Grizzle Brand just does it all. 
in a way that is so nonsensically I mean, I appreciate boring. That people want to tie one hand behind their back and get and then dude, punch dude, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, uh, yeah, like, look, look, look. I, I mean, I, I've been playing Miracles for the same amount of time that reanimated players have been able to play with Grizzlebrand, right? Like, yep. you know, t- Miracles and Grizzlebrand came out in the same set. I get it. Like I get peanut butter being dedicated to the shell. Tar. And, and I get that, like, over time, <laughs> when you do the same thing over and over and over again, and there's no interaction, you spent X hours at your, your local FNM, and all you did was masturbate. I get it. You want to feel something different. Different. Yeah, dude. But if you want to win games, just put Grizzlebrand into play. It's it's always going. There, it will always be the best thing. It will always always be the best thing. When they printed Atraxa, and we're like, holy shit, this is this card's really good. It does a lot. It's all the colors. It it, it has a huge effect. All yeah. the the, the, the abilities on it are relevant. You, know? you can pitch it to literally anything you want because it's all the colors, and it's going to reload your hand, and it's going to give essentially two to you for all action. It's not close. Grizzlebrand is still better. It's yeah. still better. Like the only times that I've seen Atraxa be better is is was like again the initiative when you're on turn seven and the fact that it's a flying lifelinking death toucher that has vigilance so you can both attack and block to stabilize that's the only time yeah. where i've seen okay this card would have been better here than grizzlebrand would but grizzlebrand just ends the game on the spot long-winded way of saying grizzlebrand is still the s tier of targets we could for, yeah for this deck could be s tier if you guys weren't freaking Trying to put a track yeah, to play the whole damn time. Dude, definitely still play a tracks against mm-hmm. me. Don't play Grizzlebrand against me, but play a Grizzlebrand against everybody else. <laughs> The other decks on on the on the A list. I don't know enough about Cephalid Breakfast, honestly, to to make a judgment call about that. I, I do. I can I've, I can chat to, to it a little bit. I've really never played against the deck ever. Like, and I'm really, I, it still like feels like a meme to me. You, yeah, you want to know where it's it, where it's really good is because it's an A plus B combo deck, and yeah. it's the package itself isn't all that tight, right? You need three Narcomiba, you need a Dread Return, you need the yeah. Thassa's Oracle. Like five cards is is it's not the tightest list in the world, but the combo itself is extremely tight and doesn't require timing restriction so you're looking to go nobot so you, you against opposing combo decks where they're not playing interaction that fucks with you you can just go turn one turn two kill you right so yeah. it's it's got a good combo game but because it's an urza saga deck it can also grind and because a lot of the because the the shell of the combo itself you know uh cephalid plus shuko or nomads because that's it and then you just need the five cards to combo out. The rest of the deck is flexible. And the rest yeah, of the deck you can is just, just like kinda, a good... You can have those five cards in your deck and then just go from there, right? It becomes just a good blue-white X deck. So it's like, yeah. you know, when we were talking before where it's like you could play Stoneforge Mystic or Baleful Strix. It's like, yeah, you, there's flexibility. It's yeah. not like a, it's not like Storm where you have to dedicate the entire list. It's not like Reanimator where you have to dedicate the entire list. There is some mid-range game that you so can Phil, play so that if you want to move away from the combo, you can. The best, the best thing I can... Again, like I said, I've never really played against this deck. The best way I can compare it in my head is is like like food chain. Yes, but it's better. It's yeah. better because it's tighter and you don't have to play bad cards. Like food chain requires you to play a bunch of bad cards in addition to the combo piece. Got it. Where Cephalid Breakfast just doesn't ask that of you. There's just and... it's just asking for way less commitment as far as the combo is concerned as well. It actually for yeah your your deck is just less absorbed by a combo so you're you you don't have as many hands where you're like well I have this food chain and nothing to go with it so it's just blank and I have to you know it's like well I have this mist hollow griffin that I can't exile yet so it's just a four mana three three that sucks yeah. you know it's like you you run into those situations way less because your combo pieces are just cheap creatures that have relevant texts and and also like there are positions too where it's like if you go. If you're on the Stoneforge Mystic build and you go turn one Nomads, turn two Stoneforge Mystic, well, now Bolt can't get rid of your Stoneforge. So one of your combo pieces is protecting your non-combo game plan 
against yeah. certain matchups and you can navigate in those positions it affects like the the nomads in that position functions as a mother of runes and if they don't have two pieces of removal then they're just gonna get bodied by the cauldra which is something that like other combo decks don't have there, there are like ways where your cephalid illusionist is also relevant uh like let's say you ponder a brainstorm and it's, you have one card, but then you want to clear the chafe, you can use something that if you have something to target your, even if you're not ready to go off, you can target your cephalid illusions to mill cards to clear the top of your deck. There's a lot of like incidental things that do add up over time again in, in a lot of matchups to like improve your consistency yeah. on top of the fact that it is a creature combo deck. So doesn't have to worry about certain uh, interaction that a, a lot of things have. Like force like, of negation, for example. Like force of negation, for example. And the other side of it is that it has, a, because it's a creature combo deck, think of it similar to elves. It has a legitimate beatdown plan. Like if you, if, if somebody's playing where they really fear the combo, they're just going to get beat down by constructs because it's a Nerza Saga deck. They're going to, you know, if they if you're on the Stoneforge yeah. package, you can start getting aggro. <clears throat> like you can force your opponent to have to do different things. Another example of something that we've talked about before, Cephalid Breakfast is very good at controlling the narrative. Yeah. And it's a deck that can pivot and control the narrative really well. And that's why I think it's very consistent. And it was, I, I think it's actually lost a couple beats since initiative got hit because it was very good against initiative because initiative did not interact with it fast enough in a meaningful way enough yeah. because it's a creature combo deck. All of their hate that they had to make it so that, you know, Storm could never do anything. It doesn't matter for them. The fact that like your combo is more or less uncounterable if you want it to be. So they their Urza Saka package often includes an Aether Vial, which helps them flash in their threat uncounterably because you got the Aether Vial uncounterably, or you can tutor up the Shuko uncounterably, or you can step through to get your combo piece and, uh, and, and they can't interact with that. Yeah. Also, if they play Graveyard Hate, which means that you can't Dread Return to combo, well, you can just step through to get your Thassa's Oracle out of your deck, and mill you your whole deck, and then down. cast it. Yeah, you know exactly. So, yeah, like, there, there, there are ways to navigate around deck, all yeah, of the that hate that you would want. So it's it's extremely flexible, and that's okay. why it's so good. The the ways that you hate it out, there isn't a hard way to hate it the same way that there is for other combo decks because a good a good breakfast pilot can just navigate around it if they know that that's what you're on. If they yeah. know you're on Leyline, they're going to be like. No worries, pivot. I have step yeah, through Thassa's Oracle and I can just kill you that way. Or I'll just try and beat you down first, make you expend resources, and then kill you. Or I have these combo pieces that may not be ready to combo off, but are giving me incidental value along the way. And yeah. they're all Or oh, I'll just attack you with Cauldra for four turns, you know? Like, right. that's yeah. fine so too, right? In, it's a combo deck, but it's a, it's not a dedicated combo deck. Like, it doesn't have to be... It doesn't have yeah. to combo to win, and that's why it's so good. It's, it's very much like A-Cast Painter. If you're A-Cast yeah. Painter, you can incidentally win through the combo. And a lot of the times, when they're not ready for it, you just get to combo them out. But you don't have to. You can just construct beat down them, right? It, they, they, you, you, it's so hard to fight on multiple axes against a combo deck that can outright kill you, so you need to respect it. But then also beat you down we're gonna name this sec segment eight godless minutes on on cephalid breakfast <laughs> yeah your urza sagas and cephalid breakfast are way more anemic than they are in a cast but at the same time it's still gonna produce six power uncounterable and if you're not prepared to deal with that on top of fighting over the combo you just die to it that's why it's very good looking at the rest of the a tier eight cast i agree with just guy control which is like you were saying yesterday is is just narset slash teferi narset and teferi uh as a deck and you know throw in a bunch of control cards i think a, a part of it is too is like people are unprepared for certain variations of just guy control you know yeah. like when when uh ozzy won with four yuda in his deck for fairy mastermind I, I imagine a lot of the times where that caught people they weren't expecting it right and he was the first person to do that in a challenge and then it, it's it's sort of like whole breacher right it's like once you are aware that you need to be you need to navigate around those things you navigate around it and then it's way less threatening if you were to tell me which just guy control deck is the one that's going to put up the most numbers against a, a, a field like this i would assume it's the teferi narset 
deck with yeah. a single day's undoing or something like that, where at that point you're prison control and against the rest of the tiers, well, Teferi means we're going to have a harder time comboing off against that when, you know, all my, you can't fight over my stuff. And then Narset shuts down Acast in a meaningful way that they have to fight over it. And it also can blank, you know, the, if you can stymie your Grizzle brand until then, like the static abilities on those cards are really backbreaking. And so that's what I would assume is the just guy control that we're putting here. But so then in the B tier, we've got Death and Taxes, Doomsday, Elves, Blue Zenith, Initiative, Painter, Blue Red Delver, and Sneak and Show. I haven't seen Sneak and Show in the longest time until like recently I've seen some rumblings about the Vesuvian Drifter uh, Sneak and Show deck. I haven't even seen that one yet, but it sounds cool. Yeah, basically you're just like, that's another, it's another show and tell. And then that turns Brainstorm into, into like this massive, like maybe I need to remove their, uh, you know, their, their three drop, which is basically a show and tell, right? It's like a creature version of show and tell. You're casting show and tell and this thing is in play and next turn you're probably going to die, right? Like, it, so, it is kind of cool that it, it slots into to blue green. And I remember when people were playing Eureka for blue green, but like, you know, Doomsday plays per personal tutor for Doomsday. Maybe show and tell is just like, all right, instead of personal tutor for Doomsday, we're right? just going to play, you know, some of the green mystical tutors to put a creature play on top. And that's tutors. finding yeah. a combo piece. Yeah. yeah. And then can kill that one. I think also, there's, a, there's another green one. I forget what that one is. It might just actually thing, still be worldly tutor. One thing to keep in mind, too, for Vesuvian Drifter is it's each combat, not just yours. So if you have a Vesuvian Drifter and your yeah. opponent's trying to attack you, you can reveal, become a fatty, and potentially like, make a big block. So don't don't yeah. be the person that falls for that. Yeah. If your opponent like attacks you and you're like, oh, look at that. It's Grizzle Brand. I'll just block. You and know? draw seven. Yeah. I'm going to gain seven and draw seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. But I think Death and Taxes is right in, is in the right spot. I think Doomsday, it's, we talk a lot about bias and like you and I are very biased in our, in our deck. Shout out to the Epic Storm for, for like taking the Epic Storm, putting it at C tier and putting Doomsday at the, in the B tier. I, I'm, that, that shows a lot of growth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way that these guys, uh, the way that Alex really laid it down with his methodology, you know, I yeah. mean, he's pretty consistent. I, I'm curious as to like if he was just looking over challenges and that's how he got to this list. I, I mean, I see hammer time enough, but I'm surprised that it's significant enough that it can actually get tiered, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the wild thing for me is like, if we look at the C tier, Death Shadow, that's exactly where I would expect Death Shadow to be. You know, if you get a pilot that like knows Death Shadow, like that's a all these decks are decks that like, if the pilot knows what they're doing, they are, they're a menace. If you see someone turn one cycle of Street Wraith, they look like they know what they're doing. That is a coin flip game. Like anything, yeah. anything goes, you know? If you see someone cast start their oops all spell things anybody who's playing oops all spells is either a, a straight up genius or just like playing with like legos you know it's like it's one or the other like you just like never know what you're gonna get but when you get someone knows that deck you're like oh great you you want to know like um what this is also highlighting for me that isn't on here is there's no I, I assume that it's blue zenith is what they it's been packaged into but there's no uro minskinbu deck yeah there's I think like that's, no four I think color that's what blue zenith is yeah yeah and because if, if i were to if i were to add four color somewhere on this list i'd probably put it in the b tier uh only because people are also still trying to figure that deck out after post expressive iteration ban yeah uh but that shell you know we spent you know a half hour talking about miracles today but like if you sit across from a control deck you're going to be going against like the, the variations of jeskai control or or the variations of four color, but both of those decks through development are just white spell decks, right? We're hoping, like, if you sleeve up my style of miracles, or if you sleeve up a, a just guy control or a four color control, the first thing that you have to do when you do that is you assume that your white cards will have text in most of your matchups. Yeah. So you're like, I need to be able to line up Swords to Plowshares and Prismatic Ending in order for me to do anything game one. And if you walk into a format that is just your white cards just do not matter in that way, then you will not do well. Like the baseline through development is your white cards need to have text. 
text. So the big cards that this deck looks like it picked up are like Thali and the Gitrog monster. Okay, so that if, if if that's what we're talking about with Blue Zenith, then it's just yeah. an entirely different archetype. Yeah, yeah. This is Perfect. this is basically Maverick. Like you're looking at like Dryad Arbor, Birds of Paradise, Collector Wolf, Ice Fang Quotal, Endurance. I, I definitely would be putting Uro and Minskin Boo dot deck with maybe probably Staff of the Storyteller at this point is really where people are shifting to. A, I'd a really be putting that. Playing like Chris the Hunger Tide or or like Tefri instead of yeah uh, yeah off of your Green Sun yeah yeah I would just put that in the B tier I would still be prepared for it like that that is a style of deck that it, it just speaks to a lot of players like people yeah. will cast a row and mix against you if you go I'm into a major of every Maverick player even now that now that I'm on a deck that doesn't care if you're on if you're yeah if you're yeah, just yeah, a fair yeah, deck to, you know <laughs> well, you just have to care about green white depths yeah I know that SCG Baltimore is coming up and there's a Legacy 10K happening and that at that if you walk into that room there will be plenty of players casting Uro and Minskinbu in the same deck and so you know looking at this tier list if you if you don't pay any respect to that archetype i think you might get bodied by it so be be mindful I, so I what's your, that what's your plan are you thinking about going to baltimore yeah i'm not confirmed yet but i'm going to try to go for sure i think it's like i'd like, a, I'd late like June to go i just want to be like a little more secure with like what's going on with my life uh, yeah i think that the, the and we have we is... have the funds thank, thanks to our patreon supporters we have the funds to to like be like okay we can afford to Go down to Baltimore and like cover the event and play. So and make some content. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I, think, I think the only that's, downside that's is a that, good use of our Patreon money. The only downside is that Baltimore sucks. Not like not like Baltimore, like hey, Baltimore Baltimoreans. I'm not like trying to come at you. I mean like the I the love situation. it. I love that town, man. I I oh, have my spot. I, I have yeah. When, yeah, when I say Baltimore sucks, I don't mean like, oh, the city is trash. I mean like the convention in which they do things is not conducive to making it a, an easy weekend. In that, like, the parking is really pricey. The situation of like hotels versus where the convention is—it's yeah. like it's not the there's not a good, uh, you know what I mean? There's not a good uh, mass transit system to get down there from like. From, I, I live in Philly, which is like an hour and a half away from Baltimore. You would think that like I could just hop on a train and get there, but like it's a drive. Yeah. Like people, I, 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 I've got to match up with folks to to drive there. Baltimore is a city. It's a city doing city stuff, and that's yeah. cool. Like I, I live in New York. I, I mean that like it's not the most conducive to big events. Or at least the last time I went, I remember thinking like, man, I'm paying. I, I paid like way more just for like the stuff outside the convention center to like yeah. be able to go on the trip you know what i mean yeah for me me dustin higby tim we all go like and get the same the literal same hotel room that is like a, a family-sized hotel room that has mm -hmm. like a kid's room that has an xbox in it which we've never turned on and a big like mural of a dog and bunk beds and i always get the top bunk and, and you then deserve we go, to be in the top bracket yeah and then we go to like there's like this little like uh, the best way i could put it is like disney at night like you know, whatever whatever pleasure island that has like a bunch of different bars there's like the club bar the german beer hall the like pub hangout and the pub hangout has karaoke so that's like our nighttime thing we go there and like we do that and hang out so I love going to Baltimore. It's 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 a ton of fun. I, I definitely hope to go and terminus every person who sits across the table from me. So you know, let us let us pray. I think that that would be a blast. But then also the next week I have like a wedding. So there's like that's a lot of travel for me. It's a lot of travel, yeah. Um, but you know, I've been leaving my house more often because I'm actually like going to. Hopefully this this gig works out. Couple I have a couple other irons in the forge. What what my next steps are as as far as jobs are concerned. Uh, if, mm. if anyone out there has has some openings for a uh, project manager, I, I ain't too proud to to use the podcast as a platform. Use the platform, to man. Find, the platform. find a new uh, job. So community sticks together, dude. Yeah, man. I I'll tell you, like I have never gotten it in my entire life. I have never gotten a job through my own like submitting to a job. Yeah, it's, it's who you know. 
Yeah, it's always been who I know. The nepotism is huge, and and right now and everyone is my uncle. <laughs> of the four like major jobs that I've had since you know graduating from college over a decade ago, I, like I've had four distinct like these were jobs that could be full on careers, right? Mm -hmm. All and you're not even including came, the one that I gave you. No, no, it, one of them came from my alma mater, right? Like the the company that hired me was owned by guys that like were came from Syracuse or went to Syracuse, so like I had the in through them because they were like, oh, you're a Syracuse guy, yeah, come on in. Every other one was because I knew people and two of them were because of people who I knew through Magic Tech that put it in for me. Yeah. So use the platform, man. Hit us through the Discord if uh, you have job openings. We're still doing the uh, Get Zach to uh, Pac-Man suits slash Get Zach to Barcelona Patreon tiers. So we'll see about we'll see about that stuff. You know, if you want to support us via Patreon, that's awesome. Check out our Legacy 101 content. Just, just literally watching the content, liking and subscribing is like all I ask. You know, like that's that's the bare minimum is like hit the like button. If you guys got any value out of our content, if you do get value out of our content, you know, share it, click the click the upvote button on Reddit. That's like the bare minimum. And and everyone's doing a great job with that. We've been growing like I, I was showing uh the guys at Moxfield since uh they were talking to me about, you know, a sponsorship. And I was like, yeah, look at this chart. We're up over the last 90 days. We're up 889% as far as views are concerned, which is it's pretty good percentage. Wild, wild, you know, like pretty good percentage. Right uh, you know, we uh, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about how we are currently at 600. We just hit 600 views. This was 12 days ago or 600 subscribers, I should say. Uh, we're up to 650 right now, which is amazing, too. So, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate the community just stepping up and being like, yeah, like we're going to we're going to subscribe to to the channel, you know, like that's, that's the cool, it's just wild to see the, the cast grow like this. And, and uh, it's, it's incredibly humbling to, to be like part of the community, you know? I don't know how else to interpret all of that growth other than that everybody like me is a thwart truther. <laughs> I don't know how else I'm the, supposed to interpret this. You're the uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene of, of thwart. <laughs> oh God, no, God, no. <laughs> I, I, at least I, I think what I'm saying has some kind of logical sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's how everyone else views you. Just oh, like, shit, a bullhorn yelling thwart is good. Fuck, man. Just like, that'll you be know. The, that'll be the <laughs> thumbnail for this one. Just like you on a bullhorn. <laughs> we could Photoshop your face onto Marjorie Taylor Oh, Green, God. Right? Oh, my God. Oh, please kill me. Please end my uh, life. Yeah, Christ. but anyhow, I think I, I, I like this tier list. I appreciate that like it seems it seems relatively unbiased and it's also a good spot to like just be like hey like that's a good metagame to like look at for uh Baltimore. I I'm, yeah. I'm very interested to see what Baltimore yields as far as as far as uh deck breakdowns and stuff. So I I'm sure uh that format is different. The, I I imagine that a lot of this stuff is taken from challenges and whatnot. I mean specifically yeah. like the the methodology refers to challenges and yeah. the online metagame is different from the paper metagame. It is. There it's are there are just a lot for, of tools for, that paper for many has reasons. That, uh, for many reasons. Being you know? They're all the cards aren't there, but the other one being like, you know, guys like me will just play like De Death Shadow Splashing Green, you know, like just because that's fun, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I'm interested to see to see what how, how this breaks up over the next couple of weeks and how how we feel about this uh, going forward. But uh, I think it's a it's a solid start as far as uh, pl places to look for uh, for you know your your meta breakdown. Yeah, this would be a cool thing to reference, like as other decks that, you know, were hit by the ban sort of like settle in and change according to the new metagame. You know, yeah. I think that I think like this is a good tier list, but I feel like there's still a bunch in flux, you know? Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think that does it for us this week. Again, thank you, everyone for liking, subscribing, commenting, all that stuff. 
Comment below what you think is out of place on this tier list. I'm, I'm actually pretty interested to find out. And that'll do it for us this week. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Trunks made this jam. Battle engages him, we don't nothing badly. No one bring fight coast to coast to the seven seas. We're gonna claim this plane, transform the free. We're gonna battle out in the wilderness. We let this pressure don't see forgiveness. Anything less than success is weakness. Beat downs up, boundaries, grounds are pleaded. Rental's heated, I'm breaking magma. I'm spitting fire, that's bait me asthma. I'm global warming, I'll make it spaz. When I melt the ice, I'm in place of chasm. On Zendikar, say au revoir. Get Tommy Pickles, I'm Reptar. I'm slapping heat, it's all pain, no heat. I'm crown the king, I'll bend your knees. I'm Ravnica, I'll ravage you. I'll bash the gills, I'll lather up. Glistening oil, slather you. Complete this battle, pray this touch. Macadia, oh hey, what's up? I'll pirate stomp your force of dust. I'll tap you down, I'll spin you around. I'll balance your islands, I'll make you gush. I'll Kaladesh, I'm gonna make a mess. I'ma eat the flux, they're low compressed. I'll crash the bear, these steampunks will all be one for Rexia. Dominaria, the Safaria, sleep agents trying to party like Mardi Gras with Mama Norn. Infected down to your core. Go to battle, engage the sea, don't nothing back, leave no breathe. Fight coast to coast to the seven seas, don't claim this plane, transform the free, we go battle life in the wildernesses. Relent this pressure, don't seek forgiveness. Anything less than success, we can speak down up Solar plexus, the fifth blood plexus, now for Rexes. I'm new Capenna, I bring militias. I'm a carnivore and I'm on a mission. You're pescatarian, sleep with the fishes. Brick wall belts, I don't know which is fit. I'm in a stride, I am a god. I'm Abyssin, meets a tracks up. I'm Chris Brand, I'm Bat Salt. Corexia's your hell vault. I'm Eldraine, I'm insane. I'll ingrain the king's lane. I'll steel frame, why recomplexion? His name is Kenrith, King Perfective. I'll Ixalan, conquistadors. We'll taste perfection and bleed for more. Unsheath the swords, lay down the savers. They'll praise that god. I am the maker. I'm Kamigawa, I'ma light him up. I'm a technological cyberpunk. I'm Attacks, I'll probe your ass, that's Tamio, completion ass. Good morning, magic with Gavin Bear. Hey, I'll drink his coffee, I'll eat his parfait, I'll change his Wi-Fi, I'll block his driveway, I'll burn his yawn since he loves to crochet, I'll steal the deck box, I'll pet his puppy, I'll exercise like David Cuffney, I'll fly to Renton, I'll head to Watsi, I'm a power creep, they'll design me one day. Go to battle, engage the siege, don't nothing back, leave no breathe, fighting coast to coast to the seven seas, don't claim this plane, transform the free, we're going live alive in the wildernesses, we'll let this pressure, don't see forgiveness, anything less than success, speak your speed, downs up, boundaries, grounds are pleaded, go to battle, engage the siege, don't nothing back, leave no
What it do? do?